0: There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. I'm your host, Rick Spence, and as a business journalist, editor and entrepreneur, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, successful and scalable. Join me every Tuesday at 10 a.m. ET to hear news stories of Canadian entrepreneurs and learn about the moments that mattered most on their journeys. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Lisa LeClaire and Kathy Bennett from Leading Lenders. Founded in 2019, Leading Lenders is an information source for Canadian lenders who are financing women entrepreneurs. This initiative provides free online tools and a blog that explore the special characteristics and needs of women entrepreneurs and analyze some of the biases that have historically kept them from getting their fair share of funding. Lisa is a project agent for CBDC Restigouche, that's a community business development corporation in Campbellton, New Brunswick, and they're the ones that launched Leading Lenders. Kathy sits on the National Advisory Committee of Leading Lenders, along with many other prominent advisors across Canada. So Lisa Leclerc got her Bachelor of Business Administration from the Université de Moncton. Before joining Restigouche CBDC, Lisa began her career in municipal government and then provincial government. Kathy Bennett requires a slightly longer introduction. She served as CEO of the Bennett Group of Companies in Newfoundland and Labrador. It grew from a small group of services businesses to operations in industrial construction and manufacturing, retail, industrial supply and real estate. She's served on numerous corporate boards and was also a provincial member of parliament and served as the province's finance minister. Currently, Kathy's a director with Vigilant Management, CEO, and the Business Development Bank of Canada. She's also the founder and managing partner of Sandpiper Ventures, a Halifax venture capital firm specializing in funding women owned firms. So, welcome to the show, Lisa and Kathy. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Delighted to have you both. We traditionally get started here by getting into what we think are going to be the most important issues we're going to be talking about today, just to give our listeners, they're all very busy entrepreneurs, give them a hint of of why they should stick around. So Lisa, let's start start with you. What are the top uh, pieces of advice or insight that you hope entrepreneurs will take away from this conversation?
1: Uh, Well, we want women entrepreneurs to share their stories and help increase awareness about the barriers they face and to hopefully inspire other women who might be thinking of becoming entrepreneurs. So top advice would be to check out our resources and uh, share their stories, uh, be inspired, create their own business, and not to let barriers stop them from being part of this initiative and uh, finding a solution to overcome all the barriers.
0: All right, Kathy, did you leave anything for you to say? <laughs>
2: Sorry. Yeah, well, when I think the opportunity is massive. I mean, we think about the number of female entrepreneurs um, that we have yet to see, Um, grow in our Canadian economy. I think the opportunity is immense. And I hope your listeners today, um, many of whom I hope are women, uh, know that we're going to show up on our own terms and that uh, programs like Leading Lenders are um, really changing the conversations that are happening uh, with financial institutions.
0: Fantastic. So everyone keep listening. So let's talk about Leading Lenders Uh, um... It's, it's sort of a regional initiative that's gone national, so it's very exciting. Lisa, can you walk us through the organization's mission and its programming? Sure. Uh,
1: the objective of Leading Lenders is to share information with the lenders across Canada uh, about the challenges that uh, are related to women pursuing business financing Um, It is delivered by the Restigouche Community Business Development Corporation and we're based out of Camelton, New Brunswick, but it's a national project. Uh, The funding for the project is provided by the Federal Government Women's Entrepreneurship Strategy and it's administered by the Atlantic Canada Opportunity Agency. And um, we have a platform with a lot of information. Uh, The website offers a free online toolkit. There is a blog with different series of articles. Uh, There's a newsletter that can be delivered to your inbox, and it showcases the panel discussions, the different articles, uh, the interviews with our national advisory committees. You can get all this information delivered right to your inbox, or you can follow us on social media. Uh, We're present on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and there's a lot of information from our website that is shared on social media so can easily be
0: accessible. And my impression is that the information is addressed officially to the lenders, people who work with big banks and other financial institutions across Canada. But there's also a lot of information for the entrepreneurs as well.
1: That's right. Uh, Both groups can benefit from the information on the website, but it is designed for the lenders to make them aware of the barriers that women face and to have both groups come together and open the conversation, uh, crack open the conversation and discuss what the, those barriers are and how, how they can be overcome, uh, what the experiences have been in the past, how things are changing and how can they keep improving.
0: Kathy, you've been an entrepreneur, which I presume means that you know how to borrow money. Um, you've been a politician and in, in, in the finance portfolio <laughs> and you're also an investor. So what makes Leading Lenders unique for you and what impact have you seen this organization making?
2: Well, what I'm excited about with Leading Lenders is the awareness campaign that um, has been underway now for uh, almost a year. It provides a uh, a, a platform for a discussion that I don't think we were having a lot um, of this discussion in, in prior years, but it also goes one step further and provides educational tools for lenders uh, for frontline loan officers, for frontline decision makers who um, may not recognize uh, you know, some of the barriers that are faced by women and may not necessarily uh, be aware. I mean, some bias is you know, purposeful, some bias is unconscious. And I think the education component of leading lenders um, is a really powerful, uh, a powerful lever that uh, the overall program uh, has to provide to lenders out there who are uh, interested in representing the diversity of Canada and the diversity of their loan books. And the third element for me, Rick, is the accountability. I think the more you have a conversation around uh, bias and around um, the, the inability sometimes for women to access capital that they need to be able to scale their companies, um, the more the accountability uh, for the systems and structures that need to change can be changed. Um, and uh, you know, so I'm really proud to have been part of it over the last number of years. The team has done an exceptional job and um, hopefully we're making um, an impact one lending institution at a time. And uh, that's how, uh, how we need to cons- see systemic change.
0: Right. Question to whoever wants to answer this one. Uh, what kind of response are you getting from the lenders? Are we seeing all the banks and financial institutions engaging? Are they engaging right across the country? Or is it still, you know, fighting its way through across the country?
1: We actually have engagement across the country. Um, a bit more participation from the institutions that are part of like the National Advisory Committee. Uh, We have a representative from BDC, we have a representative from National Bank, um, UNI, so those, uh, in Ontario, and now we're adding another one. We're going to be adding Meridian Credit Union to our NAC Advisory Committee. So those institutions are a little bit easier to approach, especially when we're going on LinkedIn and I'm sharing some of the um, interviews that we've had with the members or um, panel discussions where they're part of the discussion. There's a representative from their institution. Those are a little bit easier to approach, but I am sending out information and invitations to uh, other financial institutions as well
0: fantastic there's a lot of information on the site about biases and barriers i mean did you do any sort of original research in any of these areas or is it just sort of collecting the collective knowledge and experience of the people who put the the site and the blogs and the toolkits together?
1: Um, Our website is designed, uh, the information on it is uh, one of our team members, uh, Frédéric Dufour, he is excellent at doing research. So he has dug through a lot of information to gather all of this information in one spot for the lenders. So the different tools represent the different obstacles or barriers that women face. And there's a lot of research and there's a lot of uh, details on where this information is coming from uh, in each one of the tools. And he has done a really great job in gathering all this information in one place for the lenders to be able to access it
0: easily. Have you had any pushback from any of the lenders? Do they say, oh, come on, that's 50s stuff, these barriers, these biases, they don't exist anymore. Well, I mean,
2: Rick, the, uh, the facts don't lie. I mean, you, 83% of women-owned SMEs use personal sources of financing to start their businesses. Um, you know, the Women's Economic Knowledge Hub has a whole bunch of data uh, around um, access to capital for women in Canada. Women are, are less likely uh, to receive financing than, than men. Uh, there's you know, lots of research that's, you know, that demonstrates that. And I think what we're finding with uh, lenders, certainly that are working with the uh, Leading Lenders Program, is that there's an acknowledgement um, that you know, things have to change. It's understanding how to make that change. And I think that, to me, that's what attracted me to the Leading Lenders Program is because uh, biases can be purposeful and sometimes they can be unconscious. Having the discussions around how um, women show up for uh, finance and when they show up for finance, and also more importantly, on the other side of the table, how um, the system works and how the system doesn't always work uh, in favor of, of women are things that lenders need to understand. And I think until you have those conversations, that there is a, dif- a difference between how uh, a male client and a female client would be seen as a, uh, by, uh, by an intake loan officer. Um, it's really difficult to understand. If, you, if, you're, if you're a female loan officer, you might understand it if you're a male loan officer, uh, you may not. But you have to have the training and you have to take the the uh, blinders off uh, because the stats clearly indicate that women uh, you know, don't have the success. And it's because of the biases that are built into the system.
0: I certainly remember working with uh, my, my background, having been a journalist specializing in entrepreneurship for 25 years or more. Um, I certainly remember lots of women telling me stories about how they had to bring their father or maybe one of their employees who happened to be male when they went to visit the bank and how the, 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 the loan officer that they met would almost always then address the male in the room all the time and uh, assume that uh, they were in charge and that would make it a little bit easier for the women to get the financing they needed. Does that sort of thing still go on, you think?
1: Um. We had panel discussions and um, some of the women seem to say that it is improving. It's not as bad. Um, And actually, there's an interesting uh, statistics. According to Merrill Lynch study, there's approximately 61% of women who would prefer to discuss their own death rather than talk about money. So that can be an issue as well. Taking that first step can be probably intimidating to even get there. So I think that's something that needs to, to be looked at as well. How to make women more comfortable talking about money.
0: Wow. that, that That's a real eye opener there. I hadn't heard that mm-hmm. one. Kathy, you've been in business for a long time. Have you, did you run into problems like this when you were looking for financing for your growing business?
2: Yeah. I mean, I certainly in, in um, younger days, um, when I was in my 30s, uh, certainly ran into some challenges, you know, added investment to my business. I was privileged. I had a joint venture partnership with another partner, um, which made it easier. Uh, but many women that I knew that were my peers um, often would have challenges because they didn't have, uh, you know, assets to uh, put down against their their debt. Often, um, you know, the, the way that um, initial loans work is you have to have something to put up as collateral. And more often than not, Uh, wealth isn't held uh, in in women at that age. I mean, I think things are changing. We're seeing a lot of uh, shift in the last number of years with uh, the amount of wealth that uh, women now have and the the amount of assets they have to back their debt. But certainly the types of questions that um, women are asked, um, and I was asked, uh, tended to be uh, more about risk questions as opposed to growth questions. And we see that in the research as well, that um, you know, women will be asked uh, the questions about, well, you know, how are you going to plan for all the risks and all the difficulties, uh, whereas men are often asked about uh, the growth of the company. And, you know, one of the things I think that, um, you know, I learned really early on is to speak the language that, uh, of growth because um, like both genders have to manage the risk um, and both genders have to speak to the growth. And I think women actually speak to risk better. Uh, but risk is not the selling feature in a the, in the, in the conversation with the loan officer. Um, you know, women grow uh, revenue a lot uh, faster than men. Uh, there's a, a study um, out of the Boston Consulting Group that you know, female-owned startups generate you know, 70 uh, cents revenue uh, for every dollar invested, whereas men generate about 31 cents in revenue. And I think that's part of the conversation that needs to change, is how, do, how uh, financial institutions look at women um, as growers of uh, companies, um, not just good risk managers.
0: Right, right. I, part of the problem was that uh, certainly when, when my, fa- my father was a banker, and uh, in his day, most of the bankers were men. And over the years of my career, I've seen a big shift in, in the gender ratio of the people who are making decisions like this, and certainly the loan officers. Um, has that moved the needle so far do you think has that changed the need to bring dad along when you're asking for a loan
2: i mean certainly from my perspective it has you know the more women we have um on the uh on the bank side or on the angel investor side or have on the uh the venture capital side the more we see that capital flows uh, towards women um so that you know, diversity and inclusion uh, 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 policies at, at banks are certainly, uh, a set financial lending institutions are essential because you, you, you tend to relate to who you, 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 know, who you see uh, and you relate to people you see as being like you. Um, and I think that's part of the problem with the, the flow of capital into uh, startups is that we need to be, if we're gonna support all uh, diverse founders, then we need to have lenders that are on the opposite side of the table or sitting next to us at the table, probably is a better way to say it, um, who have lived experiences like we have.
0: Absolutely. Lisa, you mentioned, you know, you get to be involved with the the panels that you do with women entrepreneurs and you're collecting information that way. Are there other um, experiences and uh, examples you can share with us from that feedback about, Other challenges that we haven't discussed yet for for women business owners raising capital?
1: Well, our first panel discussion uh, was on financial literacy, and it was very interesting to see both sides, uh, the lender's side and the woman entrepreneur's side. We had uh, Victoria Labillo on that panel discussion, and she's an Indigenous woman entrepreneur, She's the president of her own construction company, and she also teaches financial literacy in her community. And she had some really great points in that conversation on uh, how to come uh, and meet the lenders and try to speak the same language. And the lenders should also adjust, you know, their language to where the entrepreneur is, um, and try to have a conversation and speak on the same term or in a language that they can both understand. So that's something, you know, to look Mm at uh, how to develop the financial literacy in young people so that they, you know, have that embedded (laughs) so that they can have a, a better conversation, not just for being an entrepreneur, but even in your own personal life, being able to To talk about money, I think is is important. And um, another important point in that uh, panel discussion was Melanie Roop from uh, Women's Entrepreneurship Centre in British Columbia. She was explaining that women tend to have smaller requests for loans. They request smaller loans and they're not as big of a risk. Uh, because they're committed to repaying those loans. And she had some interesting statistics to share as well. So all those conversations are really interesting, seeing the different backgrounds and the different experience of both sides. And I think there's a positive movement. There is uh, some some improvements and uh, gathering this information in one place for the lenders to be able to see this and for women to be able to to see this is important.
0: Right. I love that you started with financial literacy because, you know, it's easy to, to skip that. And, and I hadn't really thought of it as, as that as the first step, but, but I think that's a really good first step. I once wrote a column uh, in the national post uh, uh, when my mother passed away and I, I, told how she had taught me my first lesson in financial literacy um, when, when I set up a lemonade stand and we probably took in, you know, $2 or something. And then my mom took, you know, 45 cents away from it for the cost of the lemonade and the sugar. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, why? That's my money. I earned it. She said, no, those are your input costs. I paid for those and you have to pay those before you get your money back. And I had an interesting letter in response to that from a business person his, I forget his first name, but he's one of the Asper clan, the broadcasters. Um, and they talked about how their father, Izzy Asper is one of Canada's top entrepreneurs. Um, he not only charged them when they were kids, he not only charged them for the lemonade, he charged them time spent going to the supermarket to buy the lemonade and for gas for the station wagon to go to the store. And again, said how important that was to, to their financial upbringing to understand how it works. So yeah, you can't start. You can't start too young. When we have an organization like this that's trying to educate um, or other organizations, um, obviously you have to try and measure your effectiveness somehow. So I'm wondering how you do it at Leading Lenders and what you've learned so far about the impact of this material?
1: Well, we're trying to advertise or reach as many people as we can. Uh, we're keeping track of people that we're reaching out to. We eventually ask an awareness question. Um, how, how is the website, what's their feedback on our website? Have, has their awareness been raised by the information that we provide? Um, on the website and I think that's our a bit of our, our measuring and seeing where we can improve or seeing if there's anything missing on the website um, There's more tools that we're developing that we're going to be adding to the website But there's always any room for improvement in in anything any initiative any, any project um,
2: One of the things I'd say is you know from a macro perspective Um, You know, we know that women's entrepreneurship, no no surprise to your listeners, um, you know, if we activated women entrepreneurs and we finance them, McKinsey and Company uh, had a report in 2015 that we could add $12 trillion to global growth if we actually activated uh, women entrepreneurs with the capital that they needed. And I think one of the things that um, Leading Lenders is doing is it's creating with a very positive uh, approach um, a subtle pressure on the Canadian banking industry, uh, and I think we're seeing it, uh, you know, coming out of the the the, uh, the pandemic, with the she session. We're seeing, um, you know, financial institutions uh, looking for ways to step up and step out on the activating and supporting women entrepreneurs, those that want to scale and create unicorns, but also those that want to have. Uh, you know, um, SMEs operating in their communities, because, you know, we can be a very successful entrepreneur at different scales. Scale shouldn't matter. The entrepreneurs need to be supported. I think the the biases around female entrepreneurs only, you know, being boutique uh, founders uh, are being busted every day by the, you know, Canadian founders that are creating innovation companies that are potentially unicorns or, you know, going to be backed as unicorns. and I think the subtle pressure that's being put on uh, the banking industry is making uh, changes. And I think the, industry, the institutions want to be more reflective of the people that are in our community, uh, not just women, but you know, diverse founders and uh, underrepresented founders, um, whether they're BIPOC, um, disabled. Um, and I, the Leading Lenders Program allows uh, financial institutions to have tools that they may not have, have created uh, to be able to change the conversations that their loan officers is having.
1: Um, so I have one of the feedbacks from um, one of our participants who reviewed our website and he says, uh, well done with the initiative. I listened to the webinar panel discussion and reviewed your website. The online toolkit is comprehensive and will help women entrepreneurs in their journey from startup to succession. I learned a lot from the myth and facts section a very eye opening. I think general education will help eliminate some of the barriers faced by women entrepreneurs and underrepresented segment of the population. Banks are continuing to open up new channels through direct and or partnership financing to target women entrepreneurs. We understand that it is just a start, more needs to be done by all financial institution. One point that resonates well with me as a banker, is the need to understand your personal finances first and what influences your credit score. I think a large majority of loans in general fall in a category where significant weight is placed on their credit score. They need to have the right partner to support them with financial literacy.
0: Fantastic. And these are these are actual lenders, bankers or whatever. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, that's, that sounds like, like you're hitting their sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. I'm wondering how the work that you've been involved with in leading lenders, how that has affected the work you're doing at Sandpiper Ventures or vice versa?
2: Yeah. So <clears throat> we've... Um... Yeah, you know, what Sandpiper Ventures were a um, a seed stage um, venture capital firm operating out of Atlantic Canada, investing across the country, primarily in Atlantic Canada. And one of the things that um, certainly the experience of leading lenders uh, for me, or or with uh, CEO, which is another organization I'm part of, uh, has been how we actually have conversations with women and how we you know we we turn conversations about uh, investing in their companies. Into conversations, as uh, as opposed to pitches, or as opposed to high pressured um, uh, conversations, where uh, you know you had to put everything on the table in order to you know to make uh, your case. And we have conversations over a number of weeks to allow those um, general relation, those relationships to be nurtured and to be built over time. Not just uh, from our point of view as an investor in the uh, the founder's company, but more importantly, the founder. Uh, uh, choosing us as an investor and we very much see it as a choice they have choices of who they can choose as investors and we want to earn their trust and I think you know as, as women if I you go back to your earlier question Rick when you asked me about my earlier days as a uh, when I was looking for capital myself um, that was a lesson that I learned uh, really early is that if I um, invested time with a financial institution and asked tough questions um, you know over the course of a number of of, of weeks as, as we were discussing a piece of, of debt um, oftentimes they would learn more about me so I think sometimes the uh, you know the intensity of needing that uh, that capital um, you need to recognize there's a relationship behind that and at Sam Piper we work really hard to make sure that our, our founders um, you know see value in, in adding us as an investor and um, that they don't feel the pressure uh, to you know to pay to pitch intensely. And it's a one shot, uh, one shot winner, take all uh, mentality, uh, because they don't think that serves women well. And uh, we've certainly uh, seen the success uh, in the companies that we've invested in and the pipeline that we've been able to create because of that.
0: Very cool. Kathy, I was on the, the website of Sandpiper and I saw that you chose the name sandpiper for a reason. Now it's a seabird we don't see a lot of here in central Canada where I am, but tell me what made sandpiper the right symbol, the right name for, for your VC firm.
2: Well, there's, an, there's, a, there's a number of reasons. Um, my favorite one uh, is the fact that the sandpiper, uh, it's the female that does the hunting and the gathering uh, and, brings the, uh, and brings the resources back uh, to the nest. Um, and the other, uh, the other reason, uh, is that the sandpiper can run and swim. And, uh, I think it's fair to say that as women, uh, we, uh, we're pretty good at multitasking. Um, so there's a number of reasons why the sandpiper resonated with, with us, uh, uh, for our best and firm. I, I,
0: I, I love that too. I thought that was uh, fantastic. Lisa, one of the key goals of leading lenders isn't so much to, um, increase lending for the sake of increasing lending to women entrepreneurs. But I think there's a sort of a bigger objective behind it. Can you explain that?
1: Raising the awareness is really important. Um, I think there's a big opportunity uh, to increase the number of businesses that are majorly women owned. Right now, there's about 16% of businesses in Canada that are majority women owned and there's, uh, studies that show that if we brought that number up 10%, right now it's approximately $150 billion in Canadian economy with the 16%. If we brought it up to 26%, that would climb up climb up, sorry, to $198 billion. So that's a, a huge difference. And I think there's a good opportunity to uh, raise that number. And we're hoping that bringing awareness to what the barriers are for women and other women seeing that those barriers can be overcome will inspire them to start their own business and uh, surpass those barriers and make a difference.
0: Right. Underlying that thinking is the idea that uh, obviously women, women have been underfunded. And so you just think about what might've been right. If, uh, the banks have been a little bit more open, if the communications lines had, had had been clearer and women had been able to tap more of that financing, how much more impact they could have had over the last 20 years, what a difference that would have made in our communities, in our families, in the environment, um, and, and in, in, in the growth of the Canadian economy.
2: Yeah, I mean, Rick, you make an excellent point we think about this scale, uh, is exactly where uh, most, you know, there's stats that, that back up the fact that um, without that scale, uh, we don't actually see a substantive increase in um, um, employment or, or GDP related to, you know, this uh, in, these incredible opportunities. And that's why, you know, I, I really think that financial institutions supported by programs like leading lenders um, are, you know, realizing that in order to be competitively globally, Canada um, is going to continue to need to support through our financial institutions these women that are creating amazing companies that can do uh, amazing things, not just here in Canada, but can export uh, and can grow their customer base outside of outside of Canada and uh, um, and create that scale that needs to be created to be able to uh, generate a successful economy here. But it all comes down, as Lise said earlier, um, that conversation and that you know that loan that message she got from the loan officer, you know who who is unlearning some things that maybe had been uh, institutionally uh, uh, created uh, as biases. And sometimes, like I said earlier, unconscious biases, um, that women somehow are are riskier. I mean, the the, the facts are that women generate more revenue and are more capital efficient. Um, And the questions that are tough to to ask us, like, when are we going to take maternity leave? Or, you know, how aggressive are we going to be with growth? Just ask us. We're happy to answer those questions. Um, maybe not the maternity leave in the first meeting, but those are decisions that we make every single day about our companies. And we want to have uh, straightforward conversations with uh, with our, our lenders to show and demonstrate that we understand the importance of growing our companies in a, in a, in a smart way, because many Canadian women are doing that today.
0: Kathy, one other point. you, you met You referred earlier to other underrepresented groups. Uh, is, is leading lenders trying to deal with some other groups, whether it's related to age, disability, language, culture, whatever. Um, are, 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 you, are you hoping to make a difference there directly, or is it more indirectly that if we focus on women and the biases there, that maybe the, uh, the, the lesson will get out and benefit all other types of entrepreneurs?
2: Yeah, so um, I guess, Rick, how I'd answer that, and then I'll, then I'll turn it over to Lisa. Um, you know, I, in addition to being a former finance minister, I'm also a former status of women minister. And one of the things that we used to say, I actually had those portfolios both at the same time. Um, one of the things we used to say was that, um, you know, women are uh, indigenous, they are black, they are disabled, they are, like, we represent, because we're 50% of the population, we represent all those intersectionalities. In the area of Lending um, those women with those uh, additional um, intersectionalities, they uh, are even even more disadvantaged. So I think, you know, directly we're trying to open the eyes and uh, create the awareness and educate uh, and then make change happen for every single woman, uh, including those that are uh, even more marginalized um, through the Leading Lenders Programme. And then by awareness building, I think generally um, make change uh, for how lenders look at where entrepreneurial ideas come from. Um, They come from all kinds of diverse people who have diverse lived experiences. Um, You know, we see it every day at Sandpiper with the pitches that we get um, uh, or the conversations that we have. Um, after we meet the, the founders on um, um, why they created their company, why they created the technology, why they created the service. And often it's a lived experience related to, um, um, you know, a, 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 an intersectionality that they had um, or experienced in their family or they've experienced directly that creates the product that they're trying to sell. So I think by um, the work that leading lenders are doing, they're going to make a, a huge difference in the, the biases, uh, not just in how women are treated, but how women who are on, even on the, the um, women who are not traditionally seen uh, to be supported. I've heard Victoria speak, for example. If you haven't listened to uh, the blog, I'd encourage you to listen to it. She's a powerful Indigenous leader and entrepreneur in here in Atlantic Canada um, who has a really compelling story to tell, but also one that's worth listening to if you're a lender as
0: well. Fantastic.
1: Yes, I think that really sums it up, <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> uh, Kathy. Um, we have uh, in our toolkit uh, sub-tools uh, six point two is Indigenous women entrepreneurs, and it shows some of the barriers that are unique or more uh, into that in that group. So not just being a woman, but being like you said, Kathy, in another. Uh, minority group adds to those barriers and it can it can be great because it can make them do projects that are really for for them or from their background and we have a stakeholder engagement group who um, helped us develop this tool and, and they all have great stories and backgrounds and I learned a lot just from reading them. I didn't develop them, like I mentioned. Fred uh, Frédéric Dufour is the one who did the research and worked on these, but just reading them myself, I learned a lot of new things and it's really interesting to see. uh, There's going to be another one on uh, Black women uh, entrepreneurs coming up, so that's a new uh, subtool that will be posted on our website uh, eventually, but a lot of these groups, I mean, there's not that much research to go dig through. There's not a lot of information um, out there on the different groups when you go really specific. So it is interesting to see their stories when they share their journey, how they became entrepreneurs. It's it's always interesting to see and right. uh, understand those.
0: Well, thank you for that. One of the, uh, the, the, the early motto of Startup Canada was every entrepreneur to make sure that every entrepreneur in Canada, uh, no matter where they lived or what their background was, um, felt recognized and got the resources they needed. So thank you for the work you're doing at at Leading Lenders because it's, yeah, I I really have this feeling it's going to help everybody along the way. If you had a magic wand, I'll ask Kathy first, then Lisa, what one thing would you fix? about uh, the the, the financial system for women entrepreneurs?
2: Um, Oh,
0: just only one. One thing. One thing.
2: Um, I think it would be that um, shareholders of financial institutions and financial lending uh, institutions uh, demand to know what percentage of the capital is going towards women. Um, Because I think that will make a a meaning would make a very meaningful difference uh, for founders, if I could say one thing. Um, is to show up on your own terms. Show up as who you are. Don't try to be anybody else and be very transparent with the, the, the people you're meeting. So those were my advice to the, to the shareholders of financial institutions and the, um, the founders.
0: Fantastic. Lisa?
2: I think along the same lines
1: as Kathy, not trying to fit everybody into one box. Um, there's different projects. that might not meet all the criteria, but I mean have to be lenient on some things and every idea is worth i think pursuing in in some way so doing everything possible to make the opportunity or make the the project work um explaining to the entrepreneur what's missing and uh, if for whatever reason the answer needs to be no but give them a chance to come back and bring the information that that's required or try to make uh, their, their vision happen.
0: Okay, we've been speaking with Lisa LeClaire and Kathy Bennett, both of whom are associated with Leading Lenders, an initiative uh, out of Campbellton, New Brunswick, which is uh, gonna transform all of Canada, which is really exciting. So Lisa and Kathy, the last question we ask on the Startup Canada po- podcast is what's the most actionable piece of advice that entrepreneurs could take from this conversation and implement in their business immediately. Lisa, you wanna go first?
1: Sure. Um, I think uh, talking with the women entrepreneurs, having an honest conversation, being transparent about uh, what you're looking for, what the information is that they need to provide the loan, Uh, looking at the barriers from the women entrepreneurs side and trying to find solutions I advise the lenders to come to Leading Lenders and get some information and share their information with their co-workers and share their best practices. I mean, we have uh, on our blog a spotlight on leading lenders where lenders can be featured and share what they're doing, uh, how they're helping to improve the the, the situation for women entrepreneurs and share their best practices with other lenders.
0: Lisa, just to follow up on that for a sec, you, you mentioned about the, the, the importance of, you know, finding a solution. And so mm-hmm. often we think of <laughs> the, the financial people as checking boxes rather than actually trying to make a deal work. The, the, the stereotype is that they're just happy to turn one down if it doesn't check all the boxes. So do you feel that, that that just changing the culture of that a little bit to say, let's try and be a little bit more creative and find a way to make it work? Could that make a difference in lending in Canada?
1: Yes. And I think that culture is changing from the conversations we've had with the panel discussion um I think that conversation is changing and we're just becoming aware of that. A lot of the lenders on those conversations are seeing how they're having these uh, conversations with their clients and trying to make the project work. I mean, th- the last panel discussion, um, we had um, one of the lenders mentioned that, he keeps coming to his supervisor saying, okay, this is outside of the box. This is, you know, a new project. It doesn't necessarily fit, but how can we make it work? So those conversations are happening. We not, might not be aware uh, of it, but slowly and surely, I think it's, it's coming.
0: And what's really interesting is that you are actually shedding some light on conversations that have always been uh, very poorly understood. Who knows what's going on when... The, the, the lender sits down with the entrepreneur and, and what that conversation is, but you're actually working to document it and and hopefully change it. So that's very exciting.
1: No, it is really very interesting and surprising to see because we have this picture of what a lender is. And I think uh, that picture is changing and we need to see that that is changing. And we need, I think women entrepreneurs need to contribute to that change and make their voice heard and, how they want it to change and what can make it better for them, like what their experience was in the past, how it can be improved and then go from there.
0: Yeah. Well, that's very inspiring. Mm -hmm. Kathy, you get the last word. What's your favorite actionable piece of advice?
2: Yeah. So to founders um, right now, what would be expect better. And I think um, I would uh, say that it is changing. There's a, a significant shift. We're seeing it through Sandpiper as we work with financial institutions that, you know, leaders in these institutions, uh, loan officers, people who make risk decisions, uh, people who are the CEOs of these organizations and their shareholders and Canadians are expecting uh, change. And we're seeing that happen. Um, so, you know, to the founders out there who are listening, you know, expect better um, and go in and you and, uh, and have conversations with those uh, partners in the financial institutions or, or the investment world that you're working with. Um, and have very transparent conversations about how you want to grow your company and be excited about the growth because there's, um, you know, as hard as things have been uh, in, the, in the world in the last couple of years, and as, as you know, we continue to see uh, strife and, and things that worry us, one of the things that really excites me about uh, the opportunities we have in Canada is uh, the creation of entrepreneurs who are uh, building businesses who happen to be women. And I think the more we can activate those women in our communities to be leading these companies and the more they expect better, um, the the better we're gonna be in Canada and the better our economy is gonna be.
0: All right, well, what a great conversation. Lisa LeClaire and Kathy Bennett, thank you so much for um, being great guests today and sharing all these insights with us. And thank you also for the work you're doing at Leading Lenders. Uh, As I said before, it's gonna have a great impact and we're going to be watching it closely. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having us, and thank you for giving us the opportunity to to share this information.
0: And we'll bring you back sometime, too. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Startup Canada podcast. This show is produced by Lauren Hicks and Maddie Stiles, and it's made possible by the support of MasterCard and Scotiabank. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next week, I'm your host, Rick Spence.